Well, the richness alone of this story of Esther um, could be found in the character study of all of the different people that are in it. Just rich character profiles of everyone from King Xerxes, the, the maniacal king with no restraints on his power, to, to um, Haman, the dreaded and hated henchman that had hate in his heart, which drove him to encourage and spawn the king on to, to deliver this edict for all of God's people in the Jews to be eradicated across the kingdom. Now, the Persian Empire, very vast, the scriptures tell us and history shows us 127 provinces or states, if you will, stretching everywhere from India in the very east all the way to Egypt, the Nile River. Imagine that wide swath of the globe geographically and the number of people living in it. All of the Jews that had been dispersed were given an edict that on a particular day that was chosen by, by Haman and King Xerxes with a roll of a dice and was celebrated with a drink out on the royal patio at the end of the day, it was told that on a particular day, those people, men, women, and children, would all lose their lives, and the murderers would be given their plunder as a reward. How unjust and how dark and how ugly a situation is that. But God intervenes, God interjects. Though his name does not appear in the book, we know that Esther, in the conviction of her heart, believes that God calls her for such a time as this to step up and to stand up and to speak against the injustice that's about to take place. And she turns the tide of an entire kingdom, of, of human history, of, of our faith story in doing so. Imagine the conviction of our human hearts if we, if we came to terms with what that was and we lived it out. What great things God would do among us in the world today. So let's mention a few things about conviction today. And I'm speaking of not the legal conviction for criminals, but the conviction of our human hearts. You know what I'm speaking of, right? Please tell me you know what it means to have a conviction deep down in your soul that you cannot contain, that you have to live out, that you believe with all of your heart. Because... That's what I'm talking about today. Our convictions are deeply held beliefs, technically. And they play a big part in who we are becoming as human beings. If we are becoming more like Christ as Christians, that's our conviction, that we follow in his footsteps and that God develops us to be like him. Our convictions determine who will, we will become. They fuel our emotions at times. If you are a convicted Wake Forest fan, and your team is 4-0, and and you go out to the, the BB&T field at the stadium in Winston-Salem, your conviction that they're going to win that game will fuel by emotion the way that you cheer and you jump in and you immerse yourself into the game that is at hand. Our convictions guide our actions, and ultimately, ultimately, they set the trajectory, don't they, of the outcome of our lives, of where we will end up and how we will be in the end. And it was the conviction of Queen Esther that caused her great distress and sadness when she heard that her 
Uncle Mordecai was grieving, wearing these symbols of sackcloth and ashes that had to do with death. She did not know, but she sent someone out to find out what was happening, what was fueling that, and she was told by a spokesperson of Haman's plan to kill all of the Jews across the entire Persian Empire. And her conviction drove her to do the unthinkable, to approach the king and to request an audience of him, though it was illegal even for the queen to do that. It was her conviction which gave her the courage to risk everything and to lose all that she had as the queen of Persia, the favor of the king, even her life, and certainly her marriage as she saw with Queen Vashti that came before her. It was Esther's conviction of her cause that she must be the one to stand up and speak up to save God's people that caused her to reply when her uncle Mordecai returned back a message that said, you, for such a time as this, should stand up, Esther. It was her conviction that caused her to say, pray for me three days and I will pray and I will approach the king. And if I perish, I perish. Conviction in our heart will enable us and help us to set aside things that the world might think are important or that we once held very valuable and set them aside so that something greater may be proclaimed. Here's a contemporary example, not just of Esther in 5th century BCE, but just a few years ago in the world in which we live, there was a, a young girl named Malayla Yousafzai, I think. I've got her picture up, Mike, if you'll move to that. Does she look familiar? Yeah, young girl from Pakistan. And she went to and attended, up until she was 11 years old, her father's school. Her father was the teacher of the village school there in the... Uh, the Swat Valley of Pakistan, uh, the Taliban overtook Pakistan and they imposed laws that were very repressive as, as that uh, terrible regime often or always does wherever they go. And so Malayla, 11 years old, can no longer watch TV. She can no longer play or listen to music. And no longer could she go to school because the Taliban is against educating women. And so her father had to close down the all-girls school that he taught, and she had to stop learning, and she didn't like it. A few years later, as she got a little bit older, and as she saw the results of, of living under this oppressive uh, people, the Taliban, in 2012, she defied the Taliban by speaking out against the repression and not allowing girls to go to school like boys. And she started to defy the Taliban by driving, riding a van a long distance every day to another school in a faraway community where that was allowed and back. And one day, two masked gunmen jumped on that van and they asked who Malayla was. And she said, it's me. And the next thing she remembered after that incident was waking up in a hospital in a very strange place. It was in England. It was 10 days later she had been shot in 
the side of her face by a gun of one of the masked gunmen who, who were trying to take care of a troubled girl that was trying to defy them by simply going to school. And she was in England and recovered from her injury and survived it. And after she recovered, she was asked, uh, what are you going to do now? She and her family were in England at that point for safety. And she said, well, I could live a quiet life, but I think that I will take this new lease on life that I've been given, and I'm going to make a difference with it. And so she has spent all of her time, and she's still in college, a student at Oxford University now. She's spent all of her time and, and effort and started funds and traveled to talk about the importance of girls' education around the world. 130 million girls in the world cannot be educated for whatever the reason is, and she thinks that's terrible and a crime. She's going to graduate college and go and try to better the world with that. That's her conviction that every girl should have the opportunity to be educated, and it has been fueled by her experience, and it's a powerful thing that can change the trajectory of a life and improve and empower people in the world. What are your convictions in your heart? I mean, what is it that really fuels and speaks to your heart and your emotion? How is it that God can use that to put you on the path to where he calls you to go and what he calls you to be? And are you willing to listen to it as Malayla has, despite all opposition? Another thing about convictions is that they're not all from God. And, and that's important for us to say, thank you, Mike. Uh, all of our convictions are not godly. Things that we have that motivate us, that hide in our heart, as, as our John Ortberg calls these, uh, these hidden drives that we have, purposes that we're striving for, uh, shadow purposes in our lives. Not all things are from God. Some of our motivations and our convictions that drive us are self-centered. And that's not all bad, is it? I mean, I get up in the morning and I come to work and I need to make money in order to provide for my family. That's a conviction inside of me, a work ethic, if you will. And it gets me up in the morning and it gets me to work. It's not all bad, but if that's all that I am convicted of in my heart, and it's all self-serving, then, then it's not something of God necessarily. It's certainly not for his purposes if it's a not-so-pure intention that I have inside to be self-serving or just to build up my own kingdom instead of God's. All convictions are, are not of God. You've heard before people say, just follow your heart in life. You'll be okay. Just follow your heart. And I hear what's said in that statement, I, I agree with it somewhat, because where does your heart lead? Where are your passions? But it's important for us to check and see, is that of God or is that just of us and of our emotions in our life? There's a lot of times that we followed our hearts in life and, and it's led us to a place of, well, of shortcoming, where at the end we don't get what it is that we think that we are following a conviction for. Sometimes it leads us down to paths of personal destruction. Esther, I find this interesting. When she was confronted about 
what her conviction of heart was? What did she say? When, when her uncle Mordecai sent a message and said, you must stand up, she had to examine that. She prayed for three days. She asked others to do that as well. What, what conviction of heart do you have? And have you prayed about that? Given it a certain period of time before following that in life. Convictions are not all from God. And certainly in this story, we see the extreme end of, of Haman, the henchman, who had within his heart not, not love for others. And we have the example of Xerxes, who didn't care about his kingdom or subjects, but himself only and his power. They were filled with hate in their hearts. And that was Haman's conviction. His conviction was to wipe out an entire people that had caused him and his people harm some years back in Israel. When the Jews had defeated the Amicalites and, and the Canaanites, Haman's people, he harbored a tremendous grudge against the Jews. And when he saw the opportunity, he followed that dark conviction of his heart to wipe those people off of the earth. And it led through his position and power, this terrible thing that he attempted to do in the world. Not all convictions are of God, and we are wise to check our own hearts, aren't we? And the condition of our hearts when dealing with other people and when making decisions in life. Because hate can do terrible things to our hearts if it becomes our conviction and our motivation. The third thing about convictions is that we find a lot of excuses for them, don't we? You've had before that movement of God in your heart, that voice in your mind, that still small voice, if you will, that tells you that you ought to do this, and yet you, you just don't find the time that day to get around to it. Stop in and see this person, or call and check on them. Forgive that person that did something to hurt you and harm you. Don't allow... Um, don't allow the spirit to, to be dwarfed in your life and silenced because of your busy schedule. But don't let the other things that you allow to take precedence in your life to be easy excuses for not following the conviction that you know in your heart is true. It's important for all of us to hear. You heard, didn't you, Queen Esther's response last week from chapter 4? When her uncle, Mordecai, first said, you need to stand up and approach the king about what is about to befall your people and stand up for this moment of need. Here's what she said. The first instruction or encouragement she got from her uncle Mordecai was not very well received. She said to Hathak, who was shuttling answers and questions back and forth between Mordecai outside of the palace, and Esther inside, she replied back to Mordecai that all the king's officials and people of royal provinces know that any woman or man, for that matter, who approaches the king in the inner court without being summoned by the king, he has but one law to deal with them, and that is to put them to death, unless he extends his golden scepter to them. And for 30 days now, she continued, um, he has not called me to come to him one single time. 
And so Esther is saying that, that I cannot go to the king because I will risk putting my life at stake. And not only that, but the king has no interest in me as of late. She's saying, back to Mordecai, I'm, I'm Barbie. I'm not G.I. Joe, if you're thinking in terms of action figures. She's the princess. She's the beauty queen. She's not a person of, of great conviction, but deep in her heart, deep in her heart, she knows who she is. She knows where she comes from. She, she's called back by God in her heart to remember her people, to remember what it is that, that her life has been built upon, and she answers and follows appropriately. She acts out the conviction of faith in her heart, even though at first she was reluctant to do so. Sometimes it just takes us, doesn't it, multiple times to get things right in life. I found that to be true for me. Maybe it's not making the same mistake again and again, but it's trying to get better at things as I go along. And None of us are perfect. We're humans. But to, to give time to search our hearts and, and hear the Word of God speaking to us about how we should live out those convictions of faith it's what we're called to do as followers of Jesus. That's the last thing today about our convictions of the heart. And that is that literally our convictions of the heart can change the world just as Esther's did. Maybe not in a high profile as impactfully. Maybe not remembered over the, the millennia as hers have been because it's been a part of our Bible for thousands of years. But do you believe that living out your conviction can make a difference where you are and among the people that you're with? Do you believe that? Does anybody in here believe that? Anyone? There's a few hands. Would anyone say, yes, I believe that? Yes. Thank you. Jesus calls you in the conviction of your heart and your belief in him to be his person in the world. And don't let anything dampen that. It's hard to do, as I talked about last week, and to be faithful when we are faced with opposition and worry and fears about what the future holds if we step across that point of no return and step out in faith where places are, are unforeseen. And yet we know that only by faith do great things really happen in the kingdom and the economy of God, right? Right. Nancy read that beautiful scripture from Acts 4. You were listening, weren't you? Peter and John were there in the temple courts. Among the Sanhedrin, the very group that Jesus had been rustled up and hauled in just several months before by, and had been battered and questioned and, and convicted for nothing he did wrong but what they didn't like about him and how he taught. And in the same place where Jesus had been, been arrested and tried and convicted before he went out to be flogged, they were right there with those same people that had done it to Jesus. Can you imagine the fear that still resided in their hearts? What? encouraged them to step up and to go into that place. They weren't hauled in like Jesus was. They weren't arrested. 
they were there to, out of the conviction of their hearts, to preach the gospel to those, those religious leaders that were hard of heart. They boldly stood up and they preached. They talked about Jesus and what they had done to him some months ago. They, they talked about how they had seen him after he was crucified and dead, walking around again, being alive and living. And the essence of their message was, we proclaim this to you because we know it to be true and we have seen it ourselves. That's conviction. They believed in their heart in the crucified and risen Christ and nothing, nothing could stop that, even though they were told not to do it anymore or you will be put to death. They stood up. They were bold, and they lived out their faith. Isn't that inspiring when we see that happen in our daily lives around us? I know it is for me, and I know it is that uh, you're thinking about what time it is, and are we about done? Yes, we are. Yeah, the world needs more people that are willing to boldly live out and proclaim their faith in their daily life. I'm not calling today for any of you to be missionaries in a faraway land, to give up everything that you have and own right now, um, and to forsake all things. I'm not even asking you to put your life on the line to, to be put to death for your belief, though all of us face that, that possibility as time goes on. But I am asking you to be more confident in God's word in your life. Is it true? Do you truly believe that the scriptures are all that's necessary for our faith in life? And are you willing to live it out and put your life on the line for that? The world needs more people to be convinced of, of the truth of that. That God loves us and all people and that his grace is sufficient to overcome all things and that anything and everything thrown at us and against us in this life will just pale in comparison if we have faith to believe that Jesus can overcome that for us. The world needs more people uh, to lead the consequences of, of standing bold and being firm in our faith and living out freely who it is we're called to be by the convictions of our hearts to leave those consequences up to God and not up to what's fair and what's not fair in this world. Because if we measure it by that, uh, we will never, never be people of faith. The world needs more people that are willing to concede the other things that take priority in our lives and press upon us and captivate us to concede those worldly things and our own gain for the gain of the gospel and the kingdom of God in our world. The world needs more people that are are willing to take up their cross and follow Jesus, as he so simply put it, and yet so challenging to us all, um, calls us to do in his footsteps. And so who is it in your life that you have been inspired by, that out of conviction of heart have lived out their faith each day in what they face? And are you willing to be that person in the week to come is the question that Esther's story calls of us. I'll end uh, briefly with, with just a, uh, a short example of, of an inspiration of sorts that speaks to me. I'm inspired by all kinds of people. Uh, there's a 
a guy that I see occasionally in his wheelchair on, on a trail that I run uh, near my house. And I see him, and he smiles, and he waves every time. He inspires me. I don't know about his faith. But he wants the world to be a better place and a happier place. And that's the way he does it. I'm inspired by historical figures, uh, people that step out on the line like Martin Luther King Jr. did in the face of, of, of racial injustice. I'm inspired by Jesus, of course. And then on a daily basis, I'm inspired by, by Joy Martin. Yes, Joy, I'm going to talk about you in my sermon today. And, and I may pay the price tomorrow when I show up for work, but Joy inspires me in her faith. Uh, she does a great job at everything that she does, uh, and each and every day um, she comes in and makes no excuses for getting her work done despite the challenges that she faces. Uh, she shirks no responsibility or doesn't blame things on other people, which I'm thankful because a lot of it could probably easily be blamed on me. Uh, she doesn't sweat the small stuff in life. And despite facing the battle of her life with cancer, she, she continues on in a very positive way dealing with all that she has to handle in life, the organizational stuff, the, the drama that sometimes happens in the life of the church. Can you imagine that? Putting up with Lucas, Sherry, and me, and our work, and things that we need of her, despite multiple surgeries and recovery she's been through, despite chemo that she has to go to most weeks, she has a conviction in her heart that God is good, and that God's love is for everyone, and that the church of Jesus Christ is the place where that lives out. She has committed her life to work in it and to make it happen, and that inspires me every day, Joy. And I know it does other people as well. See, a simple conviction of your heart, of you knowing what is right and good and true in the world is all that it takes to make a difference. Are you willing to forsake the world and all those other things that captivate you and that, that you think you deserve or ought to get in life and set those aside for the things of God? It is what we are called to do. And this morning, I want to lead us in the Lord helping us to do that. Let's pray, please. 